Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is the show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. baseball's back yeah it's back what i mean and anything that you got from opening weekend that you saw other than your twins hitting a lot of bombs yeah i mean you know i'm i'm gonna get way in on the twins obviously for um for you know haven't haven't seen him for a few months so i gotta watch my favorite team i'm not i'm not ready to branch out yet i'm not digging deep to watch i don't know random random diamondbacks highlights right now <laughs> you know i I'm still feeling good about tracking tracking the Twins, watching some Red Sox. You know, the the one out of out of left field team, if you will, that I've been watching, Phillies. Just curious to see what's going on there. Always interesting, right? Yeah, no, it's uh, that's that could be it could be a reality TV show. I wouldn't mind watching that. I I don't know what's going to happen in Philadelphia. Mine is the Reds. Hunter Green. I'm. All in on. Reds, good call. No, no, no. Hard to hard to go wrong with with the Reds. What do you think of uh, Tyler Stevenson? Been uh, thinking about thinking about him as a second catcher. I would have to look a little bit a little bit closer. No, go for it. In TGFBI, second catcher, go for it. Do it, Tyler Stevenson. Basically, tells me everything I need yeah. to know. Well, it's a question, right? So my second catcher, TGFBI, is uh, Jeffers. Oh. That's that's enough about the twins. Uh, what's this? You want Gibby for Cy Young already? Gibby for Cy Young, seven innings pitch, ten Ks, <laughs> two hitter. I don't know. Is it just? I, I love the first weekend. It's like just look at who who put up a stat line that was ridiculous. And I thought Gibby had retired. <laughs> it was you know this the first weekend was a little bit a little bit haves and have nots in um, the pitching side. You know a bunch of the games were real pitchers duels that you know not very much let up. That for runs, and then the Guardians put up 17 yesterday. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> and of course, of all the teams that I figured would put up, be the first to put up 17, not Cleveland. No, I didn't have that one, not on my bingo sheet. Uh, the and all the plunking in the Nats Mets yep. game, someone put up on Twitter uh, the uh, the number of hit by pitches on like opening day. It's almost like having more spring training helps pitchers get dialed in. We've been saying that this whole time, so we'll see what we'll see what happens. Let's take a brief foray into a different sport for just a moment. Oh boy, because we have to talk about oh, it. Oh boy. So the NBA playoffs both don't start and start this week. I would just like to say that I think this structure is dumb. <laughs> I get it. I think it's kind of fun. I don't. I don't know why they did. I don't know why they put the seventh seventh seed up for grabs. You would have had a big play in for just the eighth seed. Yeah. I thought that's what it was all about. Honestly, I don't understand anything about what this is all about. Like, why replay the whole season if it's like? Well, it's the same thing with baseball. It's a whole why the, do you whole play the whole season to have the wild to card be a one, one game, game playoff. Well, yeah. it's because on more seasons than not, you have a team like, well, like the Bulls, which pff, first half versus second half. Bulls are terrible. Second half. 
So the idea is like, let's some of the teams that are going down, let's have them face some of the teams that are ending the season on upswell. Also to try to incentivize teams to play at the end. Because if you're in that, like, if you're in your conferences sort of like 9, 10, 11, incentivize them to play to try to get to get to the playing game. I hear you, but I'm looking at the San Antonio Spurs 34 and 48 record, and I'm telling you that it's stupid <laughs> that they have a shot at making the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, that's not the team that they... I think when they envisioned this, that's not the team that they wanted. But at the same at the same uh, time that you say that, <laughs> at the same time that you say that, Los Angeles being there at number eight is exactly what they want. Which is like Los Angeles could have shut it all the f down this season when George went down, and they didn't, and they stayed in because they have the chance for even if they didn't hit number eight seed. They had the chance to get to the seventh seed in this play-in tournament. Anyway, I just think it's stupid. Ah, well. Well, let's talk about some drafting. Let's talk about something positive here. Evaluating players. Yeah, I gave you the prompt for this segment. I never do that. But should I have picked randomly? Right? Simple. It's, simple. There it is. That's the, to the point. This, no, this, no, this is what we talked about two weeks ago. This was the whole point. It's the whole point, yeah. You got it. Yeah. So speaking of two weeks ago, two weeks ago in pod 604, we batted around some thoughts on hypothesis testing, namely that when answering a statistically rigorous assertion, one should start the testing process by laying out the Nell hypothesis of the assertion. This will hem in the question and give direction for the testing process. Once you have asserted the null hypothesis, you should set up a test to disprove the null hypothesis and thereby confirm that your area of exploration could yield an answer. If you can't, then you might be dancing around random land. Any thoughts here on what I said, what I've said so far? No, that, I mean, that's a great distillation of what we talked about two weeks ago. Um, the, the point is that we have in the past been known to build some complex models without uh, checking to see if we needed to build such right. a complex right, model right, right. Yeah. or if we were going to gain anything from such a complex model. And so in the spirit of our uh, Stats 101 <laughs> that will eventually be built, <laughs> um, it, it, it makes sense for us to think hard about uh, about the null hypotheses that we want to construct as we're embarking on these models. Why do we want to do these things that isn't just us spinning our wheels, but we're maybe going to learn something Yeah, specific? Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, when you have a complex series of questions or assertions, step number one has got to be like, can I actually make an answer, right? And usually we have the good, we have a good sense of like, yeah, this is an area that we should we should go into. But... I mean, maybe not. I think, yeah, I mean, the the concrete case that we're talking about is essentially whether ADP has predictive value. <laughs> because we've certainly used it heavily as predictive value right. for a long time. And most people draft like it's completely predictive value. Well, I mean, there's been, there's been a huge, like, backlash on ADP. But we're also, at the same time, the assertion that you had made was that... Um, Drafting based on last year's stats would um, be more valuable than drafting based on ADP, and I want. And so I I got into this because yes. I wanted to test that assertion. I I think I mean this is nice, right? So let's just make sure that we state that 
we like that because it's a well-posed problem. Right. Right. It, it, it boils down to literally, should I have picked randomly? Yes, exactly. Going back to the... Which is beautiful. Right, love right, it. right. Because maybe, maybe you find that diamond in the rough if you pick randomly that you wouldn't have because you're stuck drafting players based on ADP that you know are going to get hurt or going to suck, <laughs> et cetera. Uh, yeah, exactly. All right. So I took that and I ran with it. And of course, as as is everything that we discuss... It's harder once you try to implement this than you would think. So if the null hypothesis is that drafting based on ADP results in random scores, testing that piece then ends up being, okay, great, that's cool. That's, that's really simple. You start to do it. You, you draft round one. Okay, round one. Here we go. I am going to set up based on ADP. Fine. And then I'm going to just randomly pick players, okay? Then what happens in round two? Well, should they still randomly pick from the whole random population? All all players? All players. So should this be, you know, minor leaguers too? All right. So how do we get around? I was thinking of it as a Mike Trout conundrum. We don't want Mike Trout, even though 2020, 21, oof, Mike Trout. Um, we don't want him drafted in the 10th round randomly and it kind of polluting the whole thought process. So what I, what I implemented was we draft round one. We have the real draft. We have the rando draft. And then then we just move that target up. So we've already hemmed into 450. So for round two, we take off the, fir- the first 15 from that. So we go from player 16 to player 450 on both sides. Love it. That's the right strategy, I right. think. So then... You know that in that case, then all of a sudden, Aaron Nola is one of the first picks possible in both mm. both populations. So you go that way through the draft. So in theory, when you're randomly picking round number six or round number five, um, if you're randomly picking one of those rounds, then it's only really the players that would be available at that at that round. And it's the same on both sides. So to make sure that the universe of players remains the same on both sides, we're we're taking away the same guys. Yeah. I like that. Now, I said that the null hypothesis is uh, that, that drafting based on ADP results in random scores. Well, we also have another null hypothesis that we have to test, which is your assertion that base, that um, – based on last year's results because you're saying that you should we should be drafting on last year's results so i actually started by looking at last year's results so we're we're basing this draft by ranking last year's results instead of starting with the adp side there are a couple of there are a couple of reasons for this number one is that i want you and me to decide if we're going to go off of tgfbi and use that as the adp or if we should go off of public data for ADP good question but I so I thought you know there are actually two null hypotheses that we need to test here one is that drafting based on last year's data actual results is better than drafting randomly and we have to test whether ADP isn't they're both not random yes so uh, regardless so what we're actually doing this this week is is not look at it uh, um analyzing whether ADP results in random scores. 
we're saying whether drafting based on last year's results results in random scores. Another waypoint that we need to discover. Yes. Now, after each one of these rounds, what we're doing is we're using a t-test. We're using a t-test to compare the medians of those populations and to assert whether or not um, they are the same or whether we can say that there's a statistically significant proof that the two populations are different, that the random population and the draft based on last year's results are different, right? Yes. I mean, the art of comparing two uh, histograms, effectively, of data is... Uh, Ah, uh, dark dark art, I think. And well, it's yes, yes and no. I mean, it's there. There are some. There's some really old tool. The t test is a pretty old tool that student put put together for us to make sure that Guinness was of the right quality. Yeah. No. 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 I. I'm not saying that they're not that they're not old. I mean, they make they make sense. All of these tests make sense. Uh, the universe of of statistics like this make sense because they're they're easily calculatable yeah right but the interpretation is the tends to be the challenge right right well we can yeah we can we can get into do you want to get on your soapbox about p-hacking and uh i i don't know that i need to get up on the soapbox i mean until you until you reveal the uh the the numbers here i mean it p-hacking is is dangerous because you you get a number out of this and you interpret it in some framework and then just blindly moving ahead with that framework without uh, questioning the meaning of it yeah, can yeah. can lead to the the idea of p-hacking where maybe I mean the, the the most egregious case is the is a Yule Simpson type effect right mm-hmm. where you fit it or you fit some distribution uh, but because of the way that the data is, it, the data points are sampled you are you end up drawing a very highly biased conclusion yeah and we want to effectively make sure that that's not the case here <laughs> before we just simply rely on on p values to say oh this is super significant yeah we do and we don't and i'm not going to we're using it i think in the right way whereas we've put together this <laughs> uh well so there there <laughs> no it's just a I think everybody would say that, right? Well, like, <laughs> well, that's what p-hacking is, is when it's like you're searching for the significance. You're searching yes. for significance. You're, ser- you're, uh, you're changing yeah. up your yeah. model yeah. to hit a specific p-value. A p-value says that, that something is statistically significant based on numbers. Yes. Okay. We're not using it that way. We're saying, is the machination that we put together, based on the, the assumptions that we put together, does it yield some sort of result that we can actually um, then further further look at? This isn't the end. This isn't the end of our process, right? We we have a whole lot of work to do. Right. This is just to say, yeah, yeah, we should continue to to work on this. And I think that that's you know spoiler alert to that is that yes, we should continue to look into this because there is ample fruit for us to look. Um, yeah. Okay. So we go. So I'll go through what I what I put together. As I said, we drafted by rand uh, by round. There's a random there's a random population of draft picks, and then there's a like a, an actual based in reality um, group of, of picks. And so the first round, 
sort of goes as one would expect. We drafted, I did 100 drafts of 15 players. So it's 1,500 players ended up getting ended up getting drafted, right, for the first round. Now, the difficulty here is that we kind of want to end up being like, this was, and this is as if this was preseason 2021, okay? So we're basing those random off of randomness, and then the other one's based on 2020 data. So that also already makes it a little bit difficult, but who cares? Now, I'm scoring. I'm using sort of as if this was like a point leagues, scoring the results, because that's going to be the best way for us to actually like test. So I put together a scoring system based on um, Fantrax uh, point leagues, which roughly, which means, <laughs> that means the more points that you get, the higher score, the better. Okay, so after after each draft, after each set of drafts, I scored the results and said, okay, for so after twenty twenty one, we know what the results were. So this is the score that each player got, and then we put together a histogram. I put together a histogram for Mike that has um, bins of scores. So I mean, eight hundred is great. Zero is mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. And as and I've given him two histograms <laughs> overlapping on top of each other. There's some problems with it, but oh well. Um, but the the result for for round one is that the median score for the for the population that was based on some real data score is median score is 370. The random score is 241. If you shove that through a t test, you are able to say that those two populations. Are not the same that those, those two that the median values that the distribution of values are different therefore what we asserted is, is right mm-hmm. yeah they're not drawn from the same underlying distribution yeah right exactly thank you as we go through the draft round two the median is 358.5 for the universe that was based on 2020 data and then the random population was 243.5. And then we hit round three. <laughs> and this is a lot earlier than I was expecting. So round three being these yep. are 15-player drafts. So pick 45 through 60. The um, the randos got 239. And then the people who are drafting based on 2020 got 245. It is not... the. The T test said that those are actually could be from the same dis- being chosen from the same distribution. I think right. So if we took this one step further, what I was sort of expecting, and what what is underlying everything that you just said, is that the rando population has more or less the same median every single round, right? Yep. Which is exactly that's what, what we, we want. Two thirty nine. The right? next round is two thirty five. Two thirty one point two twenty. Um, to, and it should actually be going down a little bit because you're taking off bit. the best players in theory. Uh, round four is fine-ish, but also still a little bit high depending on how we set our p-values. 5%, 1% hits the 5% threshold, which I would say, I mean, you and I can get into this sample size and pieces like that, but we're talking about 1,500 players. I'm not... I'm not that that concerned about this, so I'd set five percent threshold. Anyway, so there, and then we get so rounds three, four, five are all kind of close to being suspect. Then all of a sudden, we go the other direction again, and it's far better going off of 
last year's data points and going and picking randomly, which isn't really what I would have expected. I would have thought, like you were saying, and I'll, I, I, there was some prototyping that I was doing where it was clear that by like, and I, I shouldn't be saying this. This is not the kind of thing you're saying. But when I was doing the prototyping, it was pretty clear that by like round 20, it's it does it's a wash. It's a wash. It doesn't matter. Um, we can go back and I can set that up. But um, I've only done the first 10 rounds here, first 15, something like that. First 10 rounds I've, I've displayed here. So clearly, it's not a linear relationship. Right. Yes. And clearly, there's yes. room for talk because if rounds one and two, as suspected, you should have a plan. <laughs> Maybe you, rounds yes, three, three, four, five, you don't need a plan. And then rounds, round six, you need a plan again is, is like the distillation. But we, we've kind of, it's funny because we've kind of, like now that you're saying that out loud, we've kind of talked about that before in the sense that we've said rounds three through five can be real big make or break points. Three through five, three through, I don't know, six or something, three through eight. Those are real make or break points because that's where the the picks are still very economically valuable because you still have, you're still selecting from a, a very big universe yeah. of people. By the time you get to the end, you know, the universe is smaller because everyone you want is already picked. picked. Yeah. yeah. But three through five or three through whatever is really where you have to make hay. And this is this is essentially, I don't know, in, in some ways this is showing that. It says, because if you look at the distribution, some some guys returned a lot of value. And then there's a bunch of guys that didn't return any, any value. Nothing. Kirby and Yates. These, go. Yeah. You could go to hell, Kirby Yates. That's right. That's right. That was Kirby the first Yates guy that I, like, I was like, oh, what is this? Why are there yeah. people getting zero? And it's like, oh, Kirby Yates. Oh, good job. Thank you. Because everybody spent on Kirby Yates. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there is interesting stuff here. It's just not as, um, it's not as clean cut, maybe, as we thought it was going to be. But isn't, isn't, this is every single statistical exercise that you get into. It's like, oh, wow. Okay, yeah, yeah. there's, here's the outliers that we're going to have to deal with. And here's the, um, here's some of the questions that we're going to have to get into. I mean, you're also, one of the first questions you had for me when you were looking at these, because I didn't give you, like, any context, you're like, why is there someone, why is there an outlier in the random draft? Well, there actually might be a couple outliers. There are some yeah. players that do great things, and they're picked outside of the top, uh, outside of the top 30, 50. Right. Yeah. And, and my point, you know, this, it all makes sense. It, it all makes sense in the draft context. It's the, it's the Cedric Mullins. Yeah. Right, Cedric Mullins. Of last year that. That you got insanely, you know, you got him for dirt cheap. Robbie and he Ray. Returned top. Yeah, they returned, returned incredibly high value. And the point is, is that you never would have picked them in early rounds. No. Unless you were picking randomly. No, if you're picking based <laughs> on ADP, you're not picking him. Right. But if you're exactly. picking randomly, you might be the lucky mf yeah. who gets him. Yeah. What an exercise. Fun. Always good. Always good stuff. I think that about brings us to the review session. Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler, you know, a guy we do not talk about on this pod very frequently. No, we no, we have we've talked about him a little bit. Like he's not anyone who was listening to this and never following baseball would have been like, yeah, they mentioned him once or twice, but yeah, not to the extent compared to what his season was last year. 
season was last year, and actually I've been surprised looking at his stats from, from previous years. So I think part of it's because he was buried on the Mets. Oh, but, what? Okay. Because <laughs> he's a post he's a post hype sleeper in the fantasy world. He's 31 years old. Yeah. He was supposed to be the guy. He was supposed to be one of these guys. Yep. He was supposed to be. It was supposed to be DeGrom. It was supposed to be Syndergaard. It was supposed to yep. be the Dark Knight. What is his name? I'm blanking on his name. And then, Harvey. What? Matt Harvey. Oh, Matt Harvey. And then it was supposed to be Wheeler and and um, Matt's. That was supposed yep. to be the yep. five that when they got to the yep. World Series a few years ago, it was supposed to be, this is going to be like happening all the time. That's right. These guys. And then Zach Wheeler f- fell off the wagon. You know, didn't, didn't they learn anything from everybody fell off the wagon? What are you talking about? Didn't you, I mean, it's like they didn't learn any lessons from the 2013 era Tigers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like, we're going to do this every year. We have a killer lineup. We have a killer rotation. All right. Sorry. Bury the lead. Zach Wheeler, why are, we, why are we talking about him this early in the season? Because in 2021, he has 14 wins, a 2.78 ERA, starts 32 games, 213.1 innings pitched. Yeah. That's incredible. 247 strikeouts, also incredible. 1.01 whip. Yeah. I mean. This is a guy who should be ace, owned. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you easily, Zach Wheeler could be a, a number one pitcher on a contending fantasy team. No problem. Yep. Because he is, I mean, those are the numbers that you love to see as like a set it and forget it guy. Like he's going to go up there, get high volume, good ERA, good whip. You know, not not an elite strikeout, not an elite K per nine. Uh, historically, no. But I mean, two forty seven in twenty twenty one was insane. It's a lot of cases. Two hundred thirteen innings he, in twenty twenty one was. It's insane. kind of surprising because he he improved his um his K per nine right because. If you look at 2018, he's 179 in 182 innings. 2019, 195 in 195 innings. 2020, shortened season, right? 53 in 71 innings. So he actually had a he's actually had a pretty big jump. Well, that was actually I I remember when I was looking at him before the 2021 season, I wasn't expecting to get the strikeouts. I picked him in TGFBI, and mm-hmm. it was like one of the things that kind of made my season mm-hmm. tenable. But I remember there being this discussion about the strikeout rate was down and only been going down. You could see if you plot it, it's it's going down. It's like, well, how much worse can this get? I don't care. You don't care what a three ERA is if it's a guy who gets less than a, a K per inning. But it, it shot back up. It's, it's the guy that we were promised in 2014, that strikeout rate. Yep. And it seemed like just getting out there the league has gone in the direction Wheeler needs, which is that yes. players players swing more. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because his whiff percentage is actually pretty low. Yep. He's he's not he doesn't have that super swing and miss stuff of the other six guys that we've already talked about. No. Fifty three percent. Fifty no, sorry. Fifty third percentile for whiff yes. percent. Yes. But and only seventy fourth percentile for chase. I mean Yep. You know, he's he's not out here deceiving guys heavily. No, he's just but he's just throwing it. He's throwing the ball at the strike zone and then saying, I assume that you're gonna miss this three out of four times. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully and it turns out 
It turns out that works. Yeah. <laughs> He's yes. a statistical pitcher. It's working. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I think really interesting that he was drafted by the Giants. Totally forgot about that. Yeah. Totally forgot about that too. Really, I mean, I, I do think it's because he was buried on the Mets. I so actually let's let's talk about going forward on the Phillies right mm-hmm. now. Is this year going to look more like 2021, or does this year look more like 2019 for Wheeler? Are you, are you gonna do? Do you want something on the? Do you want me to do something here of like? Well, you said we nine? you said we need to put one per week, yeah, well, right? We so, <laughs> I mean, he had nine Ks per nine in 2019. So is he okay? So the over under is is he closer to his 2021 K per nine or 2019 K per nine? Well, 53 divided by. 67 is what no no no. i'm not giving you i'm not giving you his 2020 we was let's exclude 2020 is he is he 2019 pitcher or 2021 pitcher so the line is 9.7 k's per nine that is a it, see that's a good line that's a good line this is why we set these lines so 9.7 yeah if i think he's below then that's it almost certainly says that he's going to be well, he's not going to be the pitcher that he was last year. He can't. He will not return that value. He could still get 200 okay. innings and not return that value. If he's so above that, yeah, sure, then he is. That is good. That's see, that's good. I was also going to try to set it at 9.2. <laughs> 9. 9.2 is way too low. I know, way well, too low. I wanted to get. I wanted to slam the over on 9.2, but I yeah, mean, 9, 9.7. 9.2 is too low. 9.7 is aggressive. I think if you were really setting the line. You would set it at nine point five. I yeah, and I think that's where he sits. So I'll take the under. Okay, because I, I I gave you. I mean, is he twenty nineteen? Is he twenty twenty one? The difference splitting is ten is nine point seven. So that's the line. I'll take the under. the under. So he will be closer to right. twenty nineteen. Which I will remind you. I mean, if you look at his peripherals, his twenty nineteen is not the number that you want, right? Like three point nine six ERA, one point two six WHIP. Uh, it's a lot of volume that doesn't hurt you per se. I mean, but I mean the difference between but, 2019 and 2021 is it was a that jersey weighed him down. As Mets jersey, that orange, ugh, gross. I mean, <laughs> get a classy red and white. Get some pinstripes, you know, red pinstripes instead of blue pinstripes. What are the, what are the Mets pinstripes? Blue. I mean, what day is today? I mean, that changes what their jersey <laughs> looks like. Yeah, I think. I think that there was it's interesting looking at where he was drafted in in leagues especially TGFBI. Yeah. There's some leagues earlier than I expected and wanted. And in some leagues he's still available a little bit later for, you know, that but really said that he's the kind of guy that if you get right and you picked him at the spot where you thought that he should be picked, he's a make or break kind of player. Absolutely. Cuz we're talking about in 6th, 7th, right? 7th. Yeah, seventh, and he had two almost two hundred fifty <laughs> strikeouts last year. Like, yeah, yeah. If you're able to predict him correctly this year, you got him. He was your ace, and you picked him seventh among the starting pitchers. Maybe even after relief pitcher. No, but I I don't think that I don't think that he's going to return his ADP value this year because. Somebody's going to pick him thinking he's the 2021 pitcher. I know, but that's what I was saying about the distribution of him. There's some that have him, ah, yeah. his, yes, his average, his mean average is lower than I wanted to pick him. 
but the distribution is actually pretty wide. There's some some who have them pretty point. low. That's a good point. There is a scenario where I would have gotten Zach Wheeler because just of the vagaries of the draft. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know, you're in a Mets draft. I'm like, no thanks. <laughs> There's some some Mets fans are still on him. Like he's one of ours. It's, it's like the parallels to the Tigers, man. All right. Who are we doing next week? So excited to discuss Shane Bieber. Very nice. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, we're select to you, buddy. We're select to you, too. Yeah.